and amen. You can shout hallelujah to that. That we know one day when the roll is called that we'll be there. Great words to sing together with the saints. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles, please, back to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're turning to 1 Corinthians, back to these verses that we were considering last Wednesday evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and the verse 10. Uh, we're continuing on this title that we've been thinking about, uh, Building for Eternity, Building for Eternity. And as we began considering these verses last Wednesday evening, we learned that this passage is all about serving God. It's about every one of us being on site, if you like, on the building site of the construction progress of the church. And as we thought about these verses last week, we were challenged in our hearts as to how we serve the Lord. Do, do we serve him with the right attitude? And if you're saved, if you're a child of God, you're on that building site whether you like it or not. And the question we must ask, we must ask, must ask is, are you working hard uh, to build for God? Or are you just coasting through? Let, let's read these verses again together and we'll recap what we looked at last week. And then we'll consider the following verses. Uh, the First Corinthians chapter 3 and the verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation, foundation can no man lay then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. You'll remember last week as we introduced the topic, we learned that across the Roman Empire and across their cities, there would have been a series of temples that would have dotted the skylines. And these temples would have been magnificent pieces of architecture. Uh, and they would have been built on the tops of hills and at high points within these cities. And built into the architecture of these temples would have been gold and silver and precious stones. And these precious metals and these costly jewels were put into these temples to attract worshippers and to assign value to the temple and to the Greek god or the empress that was worshipped in that particular temple in the Roman Empire. And of course at times in the ancient world fires would have broken out in these cities and these fires would have had devastating effects. And in these deadly fires, everything that was flammable would burn to the ground and all that would be left of the temple would be the stone foundation and the marble columns and the gold and silver inlays and the precious stones that had been embedded into the building. All of the wood and all the other flammable materials would be up in smoke 
and only the things that would not burn were left. And it was on this background and in this context that Paul writes these verses that we're considering this evening again. And of course, last week as we considered verse 10, we thought about the builders. Uh, Paul says, according to, the, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. Paul, by God's grace, had been given the task of being a master builder. He was a church planter. He went and he introduced people to the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this was the job that Paul had been given by God's grace. He says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. That was the role that God had given to Paul. And by God's grace, he has given each of us gifts and abilities that we should use in his work, using our skills and talents for the Lord. And those abilities that God has given to you it will be abilities that I don't have and God will have given to me gifts and abilities that you don't have. And the warning comes strongly in scripture from the spirit of God at the end of verse 10. Let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. Of course, building on that foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the warning comes to you and to me. How are you building? Therefore, take heed how you build Thereupon, what a challenge. Take heed. How do you use your gifts and talents for the Lord? Can I ask you again this week, are you building for God? Are you careful about how you're building? Or are you careless? One day that building is going to be scrutinized and analyzed by the Son of God. And I wonder, are you diligent in building a life? For God, the builders, we thought about the builders, that's you and I, we're building on the foundation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we saw that foundation in verse 11, and that's the second thing we considered last week. We thought of the builders, we thought of the foundation, and in verse 11 we read, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Remember, the only foundation on which we can build. Is the Lord Jesus Christ. We thought of the builders. We thought, thought of the foundation. We also, also thought of the materials. Uh, that we can use. To build with. And then we saw that in verse 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation. The Lord Jesus Christ. We build with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay and stubble. And of course last week we learned that there's two different classes of materials that can be used. Either we can use precious stones, precious metal, or we can use the things of this earth, which will burn away and are worth nothing. And Paul says we need to build with one and not the other. We need to be building with the gold, the silver, the precious stones, and not the wood, hay, and stubble. Because one day when it comes under divine judgment, the wood, hay, and stubble will burn away. It will go up and smoke one day. Uh, when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And what Paul is saying is it's possible to have a life that's well founded on Jesus Christ. To be saved but to badly build for the Lord. So take heed how you build says Paul. Be careful what materials you're building with. 
And those materials, when we thought of the gold and silver and precious stones, and when we thought of the imperishable objects that are listed in this verse, as we finished our study, we made it clear that wood, hay, and stubble aren't necessarily evil things. We talked about there's three areas in which we'll be judged. Number one area was motive. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5 we read, God's going to make the hidden things of the heart manifest. So God's going to judge you on your motives, whether you're doing the things you do for the Lord with a pure heart. Some of your motives might be wood, hay, and stubble. Maybe you're doing things to please man. But some of them are gold, silver, and precious stones. And when I do something totally and supremely for the glory of God, and not my own glory, well, that's gold. That's a good motive. It's going to make the, um, God, he's going to make the hidden things of our hearts plain one day. And God knows each of our motives and how we serve him. And that's the first area of testing we thought about motives. Secondly, we thought about how our conduct will be tested one day. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 we read, We will be judged for the things done in the body. The things we've done physically. The way we live our life. The day-to-day conduct of our lives. It's either going to be wood, hay, and stubble if we're not living lives that are honoring to Christ or if we're seeking to live lives that honor Christ day by day while we're building gold, silver, and precious stone. We asked the question last week, do we behave in such a way that honors God? Are you honest in business? Do you control your your temper? Are you an example of Christ-likeness to a world, excuse me, that's lost and sin. Finally, the third testing place was our service, our ministry, the use of those spiritual gifts. You can use your abilities in the church, uh, which is the supreme way that God wants to use you. Uh, but make sure you're giving the Lord your absolute best. So God's going to judge you on your motives, your conduct, and your service. And you're building this building with those motives, conduct, and service every day. And what kind of building are you building? We must ask ourselves this evening, which, with which materials are we building? Do you serve for man's applause? Or are you serving the master? Now, all that we did last week, that's your recap. So we're only getting started now. So hold on to your hats. Uh, but we're going to go on and we're going to consider the next part. And we see the fire here. The, the fire And we come to verse 13 this evening as we continue in this study, Building for Eternity. And we read there, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. There's going to be a test by fire. Paul now goes on and he explains in verse 13 why a person should be building on the foundation of Christ and why we should be building well on the foundation of of Christ. Because it matters to God what materials you're building with. And I will tell you that one day when the Lord calls us to the air, it will matter in that day to you as well what materials you were building with in this life. Because there's going to be a final inspection of every man and woman's work on the building site that God has placed us in. And this inspection will reveal the nature of each Christian's work. The day is coming 
And dear friends, I believe it's on the horizon. And we must note a few things about verse 13 as we go through. It says this, look at the start. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Now did you notice what it says? It says every man's work. Notice each individual believer will stand on that day in the future and will stand before the judgment seat of Christ as individuals. We won't stand together together as a church fellowship. We won't stand with our families. We will stand on our own before the Lord. And there'll be a final review. There'll be a building inspection. And it says here, every man's work shall be made manifest. In other words, the work you did for the Lord uh, will be made known for what it really is. Uh, there'll be no secrets on that day of judgment. Your work will be manifest. It will be made known. And surely with the knowledge that this day is coming and this day we will stand before the Lord and it's approaching, surely we realize the urgency of working for the Lord with the best materials that we can offer. Surely we realize we should be working for the Lord and giving him the best that we have. I'm going to have things in that day, I'm sure, that I'll have to answer for. And you'll have things on that day as well that you'll have to answer for. But there's also a great anticipation of that day as well. Because if you and I are seeking to be faithful, we'll hear from the Saviour, well done, good and faithful servant. There'll be pleasure and joy when we hear those words. And the truth is, there's pleasure and joy that we feel when we do God's work the right way here and now. Sharing the truth with the right motive and the right methods. There's a pleasure in serving God in the right way in this life. Surely you've experienced that in your Christian walk. For a couple of years, I played hockey for a local club in Cumber. And I remember some of our games would have been recorded on camera to aid our coaches. And sometimes when we came to training, we would have spent the first few moments reviewing the game from the previous Saturday and as we watched the, uh, as we watched the highlights of it. And if we had played well and won the game, quite often it was a great pleasure reviewing the passages of play that we had done well. And I suppose it's the same idea here. here. If, if we're serving the Lord as we ought, when the final whistle of our lives goes and we hear the Lord's review, there'll be pleasure in hearing it. Every man's work, says Paul in verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. And it says, for the day shall declare it. The day. What's he mean by that? Well, the day spoken of here is the judgment seat of Christ. And when the Lord takes his church to be with himself, on that day we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And no one, no Christian will escape this day. Paul reminded the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. He's speaking to Christians here. He says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And our works will be refined, will be revealed by fire. This is a metaphor speaking of God's divine judgment. That's what Paul says here. He says, for the day, he says, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. Your works will be revealed 
by fire. The quality of your ministry and my ministry will undergo the fire test. God will set a fire that will test the quality of each man's work. Fire, you see, it reveals and it exposes and it discloses and it discriminates and it, and it separates. I like how the New American Standard Bible translates the next line of this verse. This is how it says, The fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. I like that. The fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. The quality. Now, did you get that? The quality, not the quantity. You know, sir, there's so many of us, and I'm so glad, and we are running about doing a great quantity of work for the Lord. But sometimes we need to hit the pause button and ask, are we doing a quality work for the Lord? It's the, that's what your work will be tested for in that day. Not the amount. It'll be the nature of the work that you did. The kind of work that you did. That's what's going to be tested. And it won't be what man thought of the work you did for the Lord that will count in that day. It will be what God thinks. And every believer who has sat here this evening will be part of this day and no Christian will escape this divine fire. It's not a judgment. And I want you to mark this. This is extremely important. This is not a judgment for our sin. That's a completely separate judgment. We won't be there. The great white throne judgment. We won't be there. This is the, this is the day when the Christians will be tested. It will be a judgment for our works from the day that we trusted Christ as Savior. And the reason why I make it clear that it's not a judgment for our sin is because our sins have already been judged. If you're trusting Christ as Savior tonight, your sins already been judged. Hallelujah. They were judged 2,000 years ago around the year 30 AD on a hill called Calvary. And they were placed upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is and was the Lamb of God. Our sins were judged. Christ died. And as a result of his death. We are justified. We are cleansed. And we are made perfect in the sight of God. And at that moment when he cried it is finished. Our sins were all judged. And the judgment of our sin was exhausted in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I cry hallelujah to that. There will be a separate judgment that will happen in a later time after the tribulation. The great white throne judgment. And that's for those who never believed. And at the great white throne judgment God will damn all those who rejected his so great salvation to hell. And that's a topic for another time. But we're speaking about the judgment seat of Christ. That's a separate judgment. The judgment seat of Christ will happen at an earlier time and that's for God's people. At a later time, the great white throne judgment will happen and that's for those who rejected Christ in this life. That's so important, that distinction. We will be at the judgment seat of Christ, that earlier one. But you know what, that judgment seat of Christ, we, 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 we consider the fire and our building will be tested by fire. But I want to tell you that there's also rewards. You need to think of the rewards. Read with me verses 14 and 15. Listen to what it says. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. 
If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Now listen, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now look at what it says here. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now the receiving of a reward is key in this verse because that makes it abundantly clear that this passage is speaking about the judgment seat of Christ. And now that we have established that this judgment is for Christians, I want you to see that the word that's used for the judgment seat of Christ in other places in scripture is the word bema. We read in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we've We've already said it tonight that we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And that's the bema. That's the Greek word that's used there. The the bema. Now, the bema, in those days, it was a raised platform that was used during the Olympics or the athletic games. And it was where the umpire would sit and he would distribute the prizes for those who came first, second, and third, another word that can be translated for bema is a footstep. It can mean a footstep. In other words, that our footsteps as Christians, whatever we've done, wherever we've gone, whatever, whatever we've been, uh, whatever we've done and been and done and gone to, it will all be scrutinized with the all-seeing eye of the Lord Jesus Christ. We read in Revelation 22, the Lord Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly and I bring with me my rewards. So we don't have time to go through all these crimes that are available that will reward us, but let me just touch on them. And I ask the question tonight, there's an incorruptible crime uh, for a victor. And if, you're not vic- and if you're not victorious over temptation, you can, don't have a hope of getting an incorruptible crime. There, there's a crime of rejoicing for soul winning. And if you don't win people for the Lord Jesus Christ, can you ever hope of receiving the the soul winner's crown? There's a crown of righteousness for those who love the Lord's appearing. And if you're not looking for the Lord's appearing, could you ever hope of getting that crown? There's a crown of glory for the shepherds. And if you're not shepherding the flock, could you ever hope of getting that? There's, there's a crown of life for martyrs. Not just for those who die in Christ, but I believe for those who have died internally uh, for the Lord Jesus. And for your works that abide, as the verse says, uh, that the things that are done properly, there will be a reward. But those other things will be burned. And verse 15 says, if you're not living for the Lord, you will suffer loss. You know, I think verse 15 is an awfully sad verse. I'll tell you, it comes with great challenge to my heart. If it doesn't come to challenge to your heart, I'm surprised because there's going to be a day and the hosts of heaven and all those who are saved are going to take their crimes. They're going to cast them at Jesus' feet. How horrible it would be to be standing there empty-handed. How horrible it would be to watch others cast their crowns at his feet and have nothing to cast at his feet. It says you'll suffer loss in verse 15. You say, what does that mean? What are you going to lose? Well, you're not going to lose your salvation. You're saved for time and eternity. But if you're not building the way you ought to, you're going to lose your reward. You're going to get up there and you're going to say, well, well look at what I've built. Isn't it terrific 
the, the, this mud hut that I've built of my wood, hay and stubble, and the fire of the Lord will come and, and it goes for nothing. And you lose your rewards. John said in Second John verse 8, Look to yourselves that you lose not the things that you've wrought but that you receive a full reward. What's John saying? He says, don't waste your time on the wood, hay and stubble. Find out your spiritual gifts and use them. Hold fast, says the Lord Jesus. Don't let anybody take your crown. That's what the Lord said to the church in Philadelphia. Paul said to the Colossians in Colossians chapter 2, verse 18, don't let anybody beguile you, bewitch you, and take away your reward. Paul feared that he would preach and be a castaway, didn't he? Forfeit his own reward. You can lose your reward if what you're doing is worthless, if your hard attitude isn't right. Listen, we've got to get personal tonight. Because the challenge that comes from these verses simply asks our soul over and over again, how are you building? And that building that you're currently working on, when it comes to the day of judgment, will it stand? Or will it fall? Will it be burnt up? Will you stand on that day and feel lost? You'll not be lost. You're saved. You're still saved in that day. If, you, if you're saved, you're standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ. But the question is, have you been building for him and have you been building good quality with good quality for him? Are you seeking to make a difference for Christ? You know, John Piper wrote a book and it's called Don't Waste Your Life. It's one of the most challenging books I have ever read. And it's speaking to those who are saved. And he simply puts out the challenge throughout that book, if you're saved, don't waste your life. Make it count for Christ. So that when that day of judgment comes and we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that we'll hear those lovely words, well done, good and faithful servant. I wonder, are you making good choices in time for eternity? I wonder, are you building for eternity? Maybe you say to me tonight, Peter, my chance is gone. I've missed it. The majority of my years are behind me. I had to look after someone who was ill and I, I couldn't do what I wanted to do for the Lord Jesus. There were other circumstances in my life and it didn't allow me to do what I wanted to do for the Savior. Listen this evening to the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the woman that came and wept at the Lord's feet? We thought about her a few weeks ago. And dried the feet with her hair and anointed that anointment upon the Lord Jesus. What did the Lord Jesus say to her? He said, she hath done what she could. Can I ask you from this point? Are you willing to do what you can? What can you do for the Lord in retirement? Maybe you're a bit younger, your studies. Maybe you can have a great prayer life at home. Maybe that's all you've got. Maybe that's the best you can get. Well, that's gold. 
But listen to the words of the Lord Jesus to your heart tonight. He said of that lady, she has wrought a good work on me because she did what she could. I'll leave you with the words of George Whitfield this evening, that great preacher. He said this, Oh, could I always live for eternity. Preach for eternity. Pray for eternity. And speak for eternity. I want to see only God. Oh, that we would be people of the Lord who are building with good quality, seeking to serve him with the right motives and seeking to make the Lord Jesus Christ known in our area through how we live, through how we speak and through how we witness. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before thee and we realise that one day we will stand before you. And we realise that we will give account of how we lived our lives as your children. And Father, as the hymn writer has penned, that we want to be something for thee. We want our lives to count for eternity. We want to be clean vessels that are fit for the master's use. And Father, we realize so many times we do build with the raw materials. And Father, we pray that you will be merciful to us. We come tonight and we confess that so many times that we do things with the wrong motive, that we do things to hear man's applause. And Father, when it comes to eternity, these things will be useless and they'll be burned under the fire of your divine judgment. So Father, we pray as we learn from that lady that came and wept at our Saviour's feet. We learn, O oh Father, that with what time we have left, that we ought to do what we can. Father, we thank you for your spirit that you have granted to us, that dwells in each one of us, who guides and directs us, who pricks our conscience when we go wrong. Father, we pray that by your spirit you will fill us all afresh this night, that we would go out with a fresh zeal and a fresh excitement to go out and give our best for a God who gave his best for us. Thank you, Father, that no matter what, we're standing on the foundation of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that we stand upon the rock, Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, that our salvation is not in question here. But, Father, we pray that one day that we will be able to receive a reward. And Father, we will gladly cast our crowns at the Saviour's feet. Be with us now, Father, as we come to this time of prayer. 
We pray that you would bless us as an assembly of your people tonight. We pray, Father, that we would know that you are here and listening to us as we pray in these moments. We ask this in our precious Saviour's name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.